Starbands Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network. The Searstone Club is back together, everybody. We've got Danny Hunt in the building. Uh, you guys remember Danny Hunt from, uh, well, the Searstone Club. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what we called the episode. President and uh, I think I'm the highest officer. Dude, I just want to be the treasurer <laughs> of the Searstone Club because he gets to keep all the stones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh, cool. I guess I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> if you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all just so read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. You could go get the Infinity Stones. How how Mormon is this? You guys are just assigning yourself. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you could be like the the Searstone Relief make Society. Make up a position for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone loved you so much. They oh, loved those episodes. Thank you. We have lots, you lots of positive feedback. Thank lots you of new guys. patrons. Thank you very much. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's money in the bank, dog. Money Cha-ching. in the bank, yeah. Cha-ching. I am still not a patron, so I still haven't heard well, yeah, <laughs> part, two. The, the part two. So I need to get on that. It's Your friend accepted my friend request already. So oh, really? Nice. Inundating him with before questions. Before we started, Danny was like, I've got this friend that does lots of woo-woo shit. Is into it. And <laughs> Jess is like, what? Is he here? Astral project. I'll have to get him players. to listen to some of uh, the podcast. Yeah. And get a feel for it. Yeah. And stuff like that. All right, so one of the coolest things that I think we talked about last time was uh, your mission. And we kind of, like, the whole purpose last time, we wanted to talk more about Joseph Smith. And we have some Joseph Smith stuff, too, this time. Should we start with Joseph Smith, get it out of the way, and get into the cool mission stuff? Uh, maybe. Or do... We'll see. Let's Yeah, let's start. Let's just continue where we left off okay. with Joseph Smith, and then we'll see how it uh So how Joseph Smith... Out. Into a bunch of mystical shit like seer stones, divining rods, Kabbalah, and and that informed a lot of his beliefs, and then helped shape yeah. what Mormonism eventually looked like. And then I think we recap? talked about how yeah, that is a good recap. And we talked about how the modern church today feels completely lacking in any sort of that creative nothing mystical, nothing yeah. cool, nothing magic, but. Then you see still just under the surface remnants, and often these are the things that people don't understand or talk about very much in Mormonism, but they play a huge part in it. Yeah, there's doctrine. There are doctrines that are based in magic that we still preach, but we are very straight-laced, buttoned-up, corporate, forward-facing like church. There's no, we don't. We look down on magic. We're trying to distance ourselves from anything that feels uh, outside of Christian mainstream. And did we talk about how even things like the sudden use of the word ministering? No. Like, what all we- of a sudden, ministering is this huge part of Mormon vocabulary. Right, because it's no longer... We used to have the thing called home teaching. Right. Which is what... Uh, you know, me and Danny grew up on uh, home teaching is when everyone just has to be annoyed for. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's, there's no. It's when we send there's just one Sunday, one Sunday a month. Everyone in the ward needs to be annoyed, and like all parties are annoyed. You, the the guy who has to go check on. In theory, home teaching is cool. It's like you know, look after my flock, take care of yeah. each other. Every if everyone took care of each other, that's a great system. But like. Uh, you know, we can't just rely on everyone's charity, so we'd have to force you to do it. <laughs> and you have to report it at the end so of the month. So you get assigned two families usually. Every per, every male gets assigned two families in a partner, and you have to visit them every single month. And, and in, they are also visiting other people? Yeah, so everyone's everyone. visiting everyone, and <laughs> at its worst, it's kind of like a... 
It's like a bad chain mail. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it, there's one, like, they give you a script, like, in every enzyme, there's a message from the first presidency, and that's typically your home teaching message, or what? This yeah. Is, this is the old system It didn't we're have about. to be that way, but, like, that was kind of how it was, I think. Fucking, and, wait, so you'd be going to his house to yeah, teach him the and same sometimes thing that, I'd go to his, like, it could yeah. be that I go to his house... And then he comes to my house and <laughs> that's possible. Both times we kind of like beat around the bush for like 45 minutes. You try, to, you try minutes. to pretend to be friends. You try to, you ask the most boring questions. Man, like also as a kid, as a kid, your, your mom's like, come downstairs. Brother Copay is here. And you're like, <laughs> you go upstairs, you're like, I don't know. And you have to go downstairs on the couch and you're just all, you're just pissed off. And then they, then they just shoot the shit for yeah. so long. And you're like, and finally, a Simpsons episode on upstairs that I left for this shit. And they're just like, so, uh, oh, why? Wow, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't really Sports. know a lot about renovating a garage, but I'll just talk about it for a, for an it's just terrible. We don't really have anything to talk about regarding sports or movies or anything, but we're still going to make small talk for 45 minutes and then finally someone will be like, "Well, they'll slap their knee." Yeah, slap the knee. <laughs> well, I guess time to leave a message and do the message. Uh, I I don't know if you've had a chance to read it this month, and the, the answer is always no. Yeah, and like, unless well. you've already done your home teaching for the month, oh. in which case, in which case you're like, I don't remember it. Yeah, and they just say, "Well, uh, it was pretty great. It's pretty great this month." Uh, President uh, Hinckley said, "Blah blah blah," about uh, charity or something. Yeah, and then then you then no before you leave, you have to ask, "Is there anything we can do for you?" Is there any anything sort of, you could do? Yeah. Has anyone ever said yes? No. I'm sure someone has. <laughs> but that, that it's strategically placed at the end of the of yeah. an hour long like overstay. Like and as so you're that, walking out the door. So that people like even if you needed something done, you just want this guy out of your house. So you're yeah. just like, no, I can't think of it. You know, if there's something that comes up, I'll I'll call or whatever. Yeah. In theory, it's a great idea. It's like if you if you have a problem, like your right. friends can help you with it. If we all love and cared for each other. We would take care of each other mm -hmm. naturally, but we don't. So we're just forced to pretend to be friends for 45 minutes and then throw <laughs> out an empty question that we know the answer is going to be. No. If someone said yes, you'd be pissed. And so like, that's why in. for me, at least home teaching was actually the last thing I stopped doing. I was home teaching way after I stopped going to church. And really? Yeah. And partially it was just because I had a very close neighbor who and very pushy guy who was my companion. <laughs> and so, but I kind of did feel like he'd be like, hey, do you want to go visit these people? And I could be like, I really can't say that there's a good reason for me to not do that. To not at least go check on my neighbors and say, hey, what's yeah, up? But then I would pretty much just let him. But yeah, home teaching in theory really cool idea but you just get focused on the numbers because yeah then and every uh sunday in elders quorum which is like the third hour which also i don't think exists anymore it's fun to be an old timer it's yeah fun. i know the way people should be like but you know i'd use to memorize the missionary discussions so yeah like now, I have now we're old thing. timers you you have to report that you visited your families and like the the ward has goals like we want a hundred percent home teaching and so you have to get your families taught and so but there are families that do not want you to come we're busy we don't give a shit we read the enzyme ourselves or we, we don't, don't like we're, inactive, we're and inactive and we don't we don't yeah. want to and you just you got to get a hundred percent you got to get those oh numbers and so there's a focus on the numbers it and just it becomes that's and that's what eventually made me finally quit even home teaching was my elders quorum president called me and was like so uh what can we do to get you uh up to up to your up to the ward goal and it just triggered my mission memories so hard that i was like fuck this uh -huh. I'm never going home teaching again. Nice. And because it was too much like the mission, just too much yeah, like just, uh, uh, numbers. numbers and goals and people calling you being like, hey, so, uh, you know, like trying to motivate I, you. I and remember being happy. Guilt you. I remember being happy in the beginning of my married ward days. Like it was mm -hmm. a young uh, single, I'm uh, sorry, not young, a young married adult at BYU. Just we were no all, kids, all single yeah, couples. We're all... I mean, some of us have, have kids already, but I mean, like, even those that have kids have only been married for 10 months 
like we're all <laughs> we're all in the newlywed phase. We're all like just starting adulthood together, yeah. and I think everyone wanted to do a good job. And I also like had good relationships with some of these people, and I and I liked. I like bringing joy to other people. I like being a nice guy. I like going mm-hmm. and visiting my friends and stuff. So like that home teaching period of my life was was okay. Was pretty good. Was oh was okay. Yeah, I've had I've had a good time home teaching. But did you do it with your dad as a kid? Uh, I don't think I ever actually had my dad as my home teaching companion, oh. which was weird. It was always like bishops and stuff. But the reason we were talking about all this is because so recently the prophet came out and was like home teaching is canceled, which I thought was interesting because I was like, I was like, I thought that was actually one of the few kind of cool ideas, even if in practice it sucked. Like I felt like it could have been better instead of just canceling it. But I, I guess that's kind of what they were trying to do. But the main thing is they started calling it ministering, yeah, which is a, a word that had never been Christianity. Re- it's yeah. Really and yeah. all of a sudden uh-huh. I remember seeing also that Russell M. Nelson was doing his ministry tour of Asia. And I was what? like, ministry tour. What is this? And, uh, to me, it just clearly felt like another thing to be like, Hey guys, fellow Christians. Mm-hmm. Like we're just like, yeah, you well, guys. you change the name of it to the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, then no more Mormon, which I didn't realize how big a deal this is, but I think we're like 10 years out from saying Mormon being like a swear word. Dude, I wrote that. I wrote that joke ten years ago. Really? <laughs> I was like that. The M word. Yeah, it was, it was a very. It was not uh, well, a good joke. It's gonna uh, happen. I was just at my uh, brother's house in Rexburg, and my nephew said Mormons, and my brother and his wife were like, "You mean members of the Church of Jesus Christ, right? Jesus. Of Latter Day Saints?" And. Uh, you know, Christ not you have to get a shorter name. Well, it's too people. long. But also, I was just like, that kind of sounds. I think like they're going to want to be called Christians. They just want to be referred to as Christians. Yeah, their reaction to that made me think of when I was a kid. If I had said like, "Oh my God," you know, like the yeah. way, my, like my parents would have been like, "Hey, we don't say that." Which you is, know, which I've is seen so that. Weird. I've mm-hmm. seen that already in. Um, something separate from you but i uh uh an article oh that article about why i was googling plastic surgery <laughs> and the mormon thing came up and it um about mormons and plastic surgery mm-hmm. and it already wasn't calling them Mormons, yeah. and it already like the the way that the, the language style was. the the ap style guide has changed uh, they uh the church has uh, lobbyists and people that they uh, on salary to that like send out uh, yeah. press releases and whatever. And already uh, the AP style guide, like which uh, controls how most of our uh, print media is the standards by which they're they're written. It's already like mm-hmm. you don't call them Mormons, you call them the Church of Jesus. The Christ funny thing Latter-day about Saints. that though is like I saw this article that was by I think an active LDS person who was saying that that's dumb, and especially because what they're trying to do also is they're trying to say if you want to, you can if you want to shorten it, you can call us the Restored Church of Jesus Christ. And this person was saying like, uh, we don't have to call you that because we don't have to admit that you are that. You know, yeah. like, yeah, we don't is, have to. It is pretty fucking arrogant to well, be like, oh, you can call us the restored version of your religion. Yeah. Why don't it's you like, just yeah. call what? us the true church? Well, the, that? so the actual <laughs> the name, the name of the Catholic church that this thing mentioned is the Holy Roman Catholic Church. But you don't see in newspaper holy. They just say the Roman Catholic Church. They're like, whether it's holy or not. Yeah, it's not our job. And Excellent. so that's the same thing with the whole Church of Jesus Christ of Latter, which I also Gallon and these guys have this whole idea about about religious persecution and, and their religious freedom. And they act like if you don't agree with them on every single thing, then that is persecution that is against the Constitution. You're like, that's not it, man. And you know what? This whole this honor code stories thing, I listened to your guys' episode about that already, and I've been Do you follow? Yeah, and I've been fucking mad for weeks and the thing that drives me the most crazy is the church talking about religious discrimination Mm -hmm. because the only place in my life that i have been a victim of genuine religious persecution was at byu because i was literally not allowed to say what i believed about god without it massively threatening my life 
Yeah. Not my the life as in would... being alive, but threatening the quality of my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would suffer insane consequences Wouldn't if the... I said that I didn't believe in I this I don't know if Jessa knows this part about the honor code. This is one of the stories that has not gotten a ton of play, and I think it's honor code stories and the work that they're trying to do. They're trying to affect mainstream Mormons, and so, like, all of their stories are still, like, they all say, we love BYU, yeah. I love the church, and you're like, this God, I hope Emily that, that changes crazy. for you. Because they, like, write this whole story about how they... they we, I, Me and my boyfriend messed up. Messed up. We went too far, we messed up. Anyway, they did something simple, and then the, and then the honor code and the church and the school ruins their life, and then they end it with, by saying, I still love the church so much. But I feel like that's that's how they're going to affect mainstream Mormons. So they they don't really talk about this one particular part of the honor code. I've seen I think I've seen one mention yeah. of it. But this is a big one for it's me. It's a huge one. If part of the honor code says that you believe in the church and you sign your thing saying that if you change your mind, mind. yeah. If you lose your faith at BYU, you follow all the rules. You never have sex. You never cheat. You shave every day. But you say out loud, I do not believe that Joseph Smith restored the church of Jesus Christ to the earth. You can be expelled from BYU. Yeah. So you Andres lose... had to pretend to be? No. no non-Mormons... Because this is the huge, this is the craziest part of it. Non-Mormons are allowed to come. And they can be whatever religion they are. Can they come? <laughs> well, <laughs> as long as no one finds out no. about it. But uh, they can, yeah, like there's Muslim students at BYU, yeah. and they That's can con- so they can convert to Mormonism. They are allowed to change their religion. But mm-hmm. a Mormon, if they convert to any other religion, Ow. or say that they don't believe in Mormonism and you anymore, lose all the credits. lose your diploma. Lose your Fucking housing, nuts. lose your job, you can, lose yeah, your, your social standing. Might not transfer. We haven't all done this, this episode stuff. yet. And that happened to someone that we know who they just said that they, uh, they just, they didn't even make that big of a stand about it. They just didn't believe anymore. They stopped going to church and eventually their bishop was like, if you don't come to church, you're out. And he was like, I don't want to go to church. And he got kicked out of BYU. And lost all his credits. Well, he didn't lose all his credits, but a lot of them sometimes won't transfer. And sometimes yeah. you can. In his case, he didn't lose all his... But I just think that I got so tired of hearing like people like people would come and give devotionals and they'd be like, religious freedom. Our religious freedom is under yeah. attack. I'm like, the only people I know who are really attacking religious freedom are this school and the church's leaders because like actually... They ask us to sign away our religious freedom to come here. They say, you're not allowed to follow your conscience if it leads you away from Mormonism as long as you're a student here. And, and most people are like me, where you don't want to lose your faith. Right. You want to believe. You want to do it. And you're like, this feels out of my control. I'm not the one who electrocuted gay kids in the 70s. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't do this. I'm not the one releasing essays every other month about some shit that you that yeah. I hid uh, for for decades. Like, it's it's nuts. And they, they just will kick you out like you're a sinner, like you did something yeah. wrong. We haven't done this uh, episode yet, but the um, the dentist that gave me the implants uh-huh. happens to be Mormon. And he's like still active. And we're going to interview him next month. But he was like, you know, I'd love to have an open conversation about my experience with... You know, I'm sure he's talking about the CES letter and everything else mm-hmm. and like how I landed on still Mormon. You oh, know, okay, he was yeah. like, I'm not going to get offended. I would love to have that conversation. And I was like, well, a big thing we're talking about a lot lately is the the honor code, you know. Mm-hmm. And oh, because I was like, he was like, if Aaron does like wasn't offended, wouldn't be offended or whatever. And I was like, no, Aaron's very like, uh, if that's what you still believe, you know, he's not going to debate you or tear you down. or He's not like that at all. Uh, unless you are the honor code. And then he was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, well, yeah, I have my own experiences with that. Apparently he and his roommates were very popular with ladies, like just friends or whatever. And someone else in the dorm had ratted them out for having a lot of women over. And so the honor code's office, I don't want to butcher the story because I don't know it exactly, but their assumption was that they were running a prostitution ring and they all got snatched out of their classes and interviewed individually, like so that they couldn't get together and compare notes. Like how, how dorky is everyone at the (laughs) honor code office that they're like, this must be a prostitution ring. Dude, uh, Mormons have this, this certain breed of 
naivete that they overlook, and I should say we, because I did it uh, yeah. too. We overlook like obvious things mm-hmm. like like the, my joke about singing along to skeet 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 like yeah. we'll just do, we'll do stuff like that like we'll play songs at byu basketball games where i'm like we're playing this yeah <laughs> does anyone listen to this are you insane like, this doesn't what but then at the same time we'll look at stuff that's the whole world understands is just innocent and think like the worst possible yeah. thing. Uh, I my uh, my friend that I prostitution t- yeah. <laughs> to immediately jump what to prostitution. Fuck? Like that's 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 definitely what's going on. I had a companion. is a really good friend of mine. I've talked about him a lot on the podcast. Just the most earnest, sweetest guy. And he would make these kind of assumptions a lot. I remember making a joke about quarters how like they use quarters for different purposes on other campuses and i just meant like playing quarters yeah uh like as, a, like as a, the drinking game and this friend was like yep buying condoms <laughs> <laughs> and i turned and looked at him and i was like what do you think they did he's like they, for buying condoms <laughs> Right in by you know how much condoms cost. Yeah, so like ching, 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 ching. Uh, all these quarters. You know, I think he must have seen a machine in a bathroom. I'll say, yeah, and just thought this is this. That's is how it is. Fun. That's all it is. The only way to get condoms is to go into gas station bathrooms <laughs> and pick either the the, the tickling the, fingers, the rainbow, <laughs> the the studded, uh, different and, flavors. Anyway, I I do try to be understanding of other of uh, of of Mormons' beliefs. I am less understanding of dentists in general. <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, a adab adab. All dentists are bastards. <laughs> uh, that's my that's my go to saying. But anyway, we got the the honor code stories. Just it it is it's wild to me that everyone is still. So that so many of them are still just like super respectful of the church and the institution. Yeah, which and I don't want to like talk about that to criticize these people. But I do feel like for me, it's kind of there is this weird thing going on where some people are like some people who are pro changing the honor code are not liking the fact that people like us are getting on board with it. Really? Yeah. They don't like our support? They're like, we don't want stuff about this being posted and supported in like the ex-Mormon Reddit, which I can kind of understand. The ex-Mormon Reddit... Yeah. Well, they're not We've trying to get this, Kate. They're not the trying mind to get Kate. Is What's her name? Kate Kelly. Yeah, they're not trying to get Kate Kellyed. Yeah. Well, out they of, just uh, BYU. It's this weird thing where they're like, we want to stay Mormon and we want this movement to stay uh, something that is considered pro church, pro BYU, and but we don't want it. Boy, co-opted. you're not paying attention to how things work out for people like you, <laughs> fucking at all. See, that's yeah. <laughs> You better yeah. get used to the ex-Mormons because you're about to be one of them. Just like go back. Yeah, you the, the memory span is short. I, I know you guys all just got to college, but like just go back a few years and see <laughs> what happened to the girl who started Young Mormon young Feminist. Mormon feminist yeah. yeah, it doesn't doesn't end well. I If I could make a cynical prediction about these guys that, you know, <laughs> want to stay pro-church and just yeah. change this, they will all leave the church well, in that's... the next five years. <laughs> Five years will go by, but because I'm, because I, I was there, I've been in that yeah. exact same spot and said those exact same words. It's just part of the journey. As long as they, all... as I mean, and this doesn't stop it from happening every time. But as long as they don't get married and have kids within the next five years, which of course that doesn't mean they that won't. Keeps still. you in a little longer, but I, most people you think I they know, still, you know. Yeah. Well, that's something that I think is really funny because I think that that's like on 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 the road to the way out you're saying things like i think it's okay to be questioning and to have doubts like i don't think we should be afraid of that i don't think we should be afraid to think critically what are we afraid we're gonna lose our testimony like that is what will happen if you think even if you critically i think that they don't want you there right the church does not want it's not a place for critical thinking look at this whole policy reversal thing that happened Everybody, uh, I was talking with a, a mission companion yesterday. We went hiking in Kolob, uh, of all places. Kolob on the Canyon? Way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on the way back, we were talking about someone that he knew who was excommunicated after the November 5th, 2015 policy. Mm-hmm. He was excommunicated 
because of of his lifestyle, his parents' lifestyle. He didn't give me all the details. He just said that it happened. And so when he heard the news about the policy reversal, he's like, so are you going to undo the excommunications yeah. that you did? And we started talking about um, just like everyone that, that left after that versus the people that stayed. And the people that stayed now are like, we're – we were proven right. Like God tested us with this incorrect policy. God, the and gymnastics we, and you we, have to do. And we stayed faithful to the prophet. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're being rewarded because the, the policy is reversed. But I was like, all right, so all the people then that complained about it that were then asked to leave because they were, you know, not heeding the prophet's words. Are you going to apologize to them? And they're no like, way. no, no, yeah. no, no. They questioned the prophet. Right. You're like, but, but the prophet that was wrong. No, like, he, no wasn't he wasn't wrong. wrong. Yeah. He wasn't wrong. He spoke for God. Like there's no room for critical thinking there. You either just do everything they say or yeah. you get out. Well, there's, that's, and that's the, that's the thing where you come down to what the one real moral constant is in the church. Like the only thing that, you really have to obey is whatever we're saying right now. That's it. Yeah. It's like, uh, you have this, this great model set up with this church that can change. I mean, Mm -hmm. really it's fucking brilliant. It's a brilliant business model for maintaining a congregation through all these different changes because like Christianity, the mainstream Christianity, like I was involved in, they're, they have to die on this fucking gays can't get married hill because they have to go by whatever the fuck Leviticus says because right. they didn't write this caveat about mm-hmm. changing. So you have this beautiful setup and then you use it in all of the wrong ways <laughs> because it That's gives true. it gives the false illusion of a church that can evolve to to young people who are like, OK, cool. What's up, God? You're a little behind the times. And then they don't use it that well they way. definitely don't yeah. seem to take proper advantage of it because exactly. we are always way behind except for when we first started so that's what we talked like i mean clearly there were problems at the beginning of the church but from everything i've been reading and stuff it's really like joseph and the other people around him were like what's the latest thinking they on were astronomy young. what's the latest thinking on social like theories and stuff and they wanted to be like we are cutting edge in our like ideas about society and about cosmology and stuff. And they were young be, and hip and yeah. not old men with prejudices because all, all this whole church is run by their prejudices and their bottom line, and that's it. And that's if it. I could be cold for a, a second, in that in those times that Danny was talking about, we saw massive growth. Yeah. If you're a businessman and you're like, or a con man or whatever kind of man, and you're trying to to build something like the the church expanded like crazy in the beginning and now it is not it's stagnant people are leaving in droves and missionary conversions are down Na- children of record are are going down and you are sticking to like the worst possible plan mm-hmm. like you guys are just you even as businessmen you are bad at being businessmen uh, yeah like the the thing that we're using this cool caveat that Jessa described is to say ministering which is like I, I remember like when you're in it, when you're in it, that sounds cool. Yeah. You're like, that's that's great. Changes. We should change the language to make Two this hour more. church. Yeah, this this is cool or whatever. So weird but that it's, they are trying to jump on the dying. Your church is innately new age. Like yes. when you get to the so core of it, it's new age. That's what's growing right now. If you want to uh mm-hmm. to jump on a train of something that's like, I don't like it. I don't, uh, it feels like taking things that I think are, are maybe real and turning it into doctrine. Yeah. I hate it. But like, that's where the people right. who are still want to follow, that's where they're following. And instead you are trying to become more of a religion that's dying fast as fuck. Yeah. Cause the new age thing is a really good example because most new age thought is linked to the same exact things that yeah. like these same exact Kabbalah, Hermeticism, alchemy, uh, that stuff is yeah. where new age thought comes from. And that's where Mormonism got a lot of its most unique and interesting things. But instead they really are trying hard to shut all that stuff in the past. Pretty much where like in do this, you think uh, it has to do with tax law. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this is 
I don't have any facts or anything, but that's what I was I was gonna say. I think I think that it's uh, that they are about protecting a business, and they really don't give too many shits about the actual religion. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's safer to be grouped in with the Christians, and it's easier to claim you know like your religious tax exemption and it, stuff. Yeah, it, like to, as they're going after Scientology, I don't think Scientology will be able to keep that status forever. I think yeah, they, that's I think interesting. That they, they there was a because this isn't the first time that they tried to get away from Mormon either. But then they some someone somewhere decided that they liked the attention, and we like really. I'm a Mormon. Up. I'm campaign, a Mormon. That's which like, also they weren't wrong to do that. They weren't wrong. I think it's weird that they're that they're changing now. I, yeah, but I'm saying that people would both agree. Like you know, Mormons would say the "I'm a Mormon" campaign was inspired and it was the right thing to do. And now using the word Mormon is a victory for Satan. Right. Like, they were both things are true. Movies that the church made called "Meet the Mormons." Millions of dollars, Ye- by the way. Just a few years ago. A few fucking a few years, years ago, ago? Yeah. they made movies called Meet the Mormons. There were websites. I'm a Mormon. You were you were encouraged by your church leaders to fill out a profile. I'm a Mormon. I'm a live Mormon. it. I live it. I love it. Whatever. Yeah. Just in, uh, we had the Mormon moment. Mitt Romney was running, and everyone was writing articles. Mormon about, hands that help. Yeah. That yeah. The more uh, Mormon everything because it was our signifier. It made us different, and like people were interested. The Book of Mormon musical was big for us. Like it, it helped. Like brought a lot of attention. What? That's why and we the, did it. I, I yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> ex Mormon, a million Mormon podcasts, like just our our podcast having Mormon in the name. That's a great. Maybe point. I wonder if they're trying to ruin all the podcasts and no, shit because lo- it it's would the be- Google search. They yeah. a, a lot of what I've read has said that they have done studies that found when you type in Mormon into the Google search, you're more likely to find information not written by the Church of Jesus yeah. Christ of Latter Day Saints, but by people like ex-Mormon and all these podcasts and all this stuff that would then lead you out of the church. Whereas if you control the words and control your SEO and because that's what the world is about now. Like if you, if you make every article say the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, if you control that information, then when people try to learn about you, they're going to see the information that you want them to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's the ultimate goal of the whole name change thing is 20 years from now, you can be like, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And someone will be like, Didn't, don't you guys have multiple wives? No, that was the Mormons. Mm. Oh. You know, that's not us. Mm-hmm. That's something else. Like, you don't, I don't know if it'll be that blunt, but that's the idea is to be like, we are the, we are this other thing, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like to really start to distance ourselves yeah. From our past, which I was wondering the other day about the name. The name doesn't make sense. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Who is Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? <laughs> yeah, it does. it's not grammatically. <laughs> but then the they li- don't want you to use LDS, right? Like they don't no. want the, they no acronym. They no. Really I want think it, they just want everybody to have to talk for too long. Like give me a fucking <laughs> acronym. I need an acronym or a short name yeah, or Can something. we shorten the name to two hours, it takes man? Forever. I you can't a even member. say... People of don't the even... church, like people are just going to walk out of the room while you're introducing yourself. I think, it'll, yeah, one one day in the future, they'll they'll just say Christian. I'm just Christian. Uh, what denomination? We already did Latter-day that on Saint. my mission. Some people did that, which I thought was a little shady. But it was Ooh. just like you'd walk, knock on a door, and be like, "Somos misioneros cristianos. We are Christian missionaries." And that way you didn't bring any of the baggage mm. of being Mormons into the mm. conversation right away. I think that that's clearly the same uh, idea. Um, Danny, what do you know about Adam God theory? Uh, <clears throat> like Brigham, we're going Brigham back Young. to the beginning and magic stuff yeah. that then we had to distance ourselves from. That well, was something Adam that God we theory distanced is a ourselves big from one. Im- immediately. Adam God theory is a big one because... You can say like, well, maybe the prophet was allowed to do this or that and still be the prophet, right? Like, what? what well, like Joseph Smith, you can point out, uh, you know, he the Fanny Alger story um, that before polygamy was a thing, before there was the sealing power to even do polygamy, Joseph Smith was caught uh, having an affair with a 16-year-old house cleaning or girl who lived with them like a serving girl oh my goodness 
And he said later, like he always said, it wasn't adultery is what he would say, because basically he was trying to already start to say, like, God told me to do it. I'm supposed to get trial with run, lots man, it's of trial women. run. We haven't like yeah. done we the are, official rollout yet. We but are the thing uh, is, like, beta testing yeah. uh, <laughs> polygamy, <laughs> and I had to fuck a couple teenagers to oh, see yeah. if it would. But that uh, that that's that's you saying it in a funny way. But the church says it the exact same thing. <laughs> But they just try to make it sound serious. Like uh, my boss was telling me to watch this uh, this devotional for youth where they would answer every single tough question you could ever. Did you watch some of it? They are bad. Yeah. Well, they asked about, uh, you know, they were like, "What about polygamy?" And the people were just like, "You know, God asked Joseph to do it. He didn't want to do it. He it took some it took some trial and error, and it didn't come with an instruction booklet." They said. Jeez. And I'm like, have you ever fucking read Doctrine and Covenants? The whole thing is an instruction booklet on how to buy land, how to do this, <laughs> how to do that. Everything comes with an instruction booklet. But polygamy, it didn't come with an instruction God, booklet. God just threw that one down. Yeah. I was like, figure it out. But so if you if you press people on it, some Mormons will be like, well, maybe Joseph Smith just did have weaknesses, but that doesn't mean he wasn't a prophet, you know? Maybe he did uh, fall to temptation, yeah. but that doesn't mean that God couldn't use him as a... But with Adam God theory, if Brigham Young was teaching that Adam is God and that's not true, then I'm pretty sure that by every definition of prophet that Mormons have, the prophet has to not do Teach that. false doctrine. Has to not give you a completely wrong teaching about the character and nature of God. You know, like if, if now we in said... in that theory is the prophet God? No, it's no, Adam, Adam was God. The Adam, yeah. give a, Adam give and a Eve. So Brigham Young taught this, and he said that Joseph Smith had taught him this. And it was that uh, he started teaching that Adam of Adam and Eve fame. Uh, <laughs> you know him from the Garden of Eden, <laughs> the forbidden fruit. Yeah, that Adam was God the Father, who came from another planet where he had already become an exalted being and he brought one of his many wives eve to this planet to start populating this planet and you said that this is similar to what the kabbalah teaches this is very similar to what the kabbalah teaches because the kabbalah like has this uh word which shoot i didn't bring my notes about kabbalah i know this time. We, well we went over yeah. this last time okay right? but well just yeah kabbalah briefly. kabbalah makes Adam into like this divine essence. Like the original divine essence is this Adam thing that manifests itself onto the earth in the form of Adam. So like, which I think is cool. I think that's a cool uh, theory. Yeah. Like from another planet, this God comes to start on another planet. That sounds a lot like Prometheus. Yeah. uh, And I think Brigham Young, like the thing of the doctrine was even like eating the fruit of a fallen world would turn him into not a god because it was like impure and then mm-hmm. he would become able to like have mortal children yeah and it's so, of that planet too it makes him like a part of that of planet. the fallen yeah, planet yeah, yeah. do but, we get into this this is the aliens version of this was that because this is where well, you clearly and I, this is one of our first one of our first um oh my god mormonism is pretty close to alien school conversations mm-hmm. because the the um, aliens said, like, we were the dinosaurs. Like, we are the aliens. And um, we were every iteration of existence on this planet. And at the beginning of this fear-based reality that we're currently coming out of, according to this, um, that the story, the creation story of the the fruit is, like, symbolic, where uh, uh, we poured ourselves into these human bodies, Mm-hmm. but we're God and we know we're God and uh, but we want to begin this game where we don't know we're God and we think that Eve is 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 separate from me and, and everything else and so the eating of the fruit was symbolic the knowledge of life and death uh, is knowledge of life and death that doesn't exist is essentially plugging in a video game and putting on the VR mask and forgetting who you are immediately. And, and, and then when you look at it, read it from that perspective, how instantly they feel shame and instantly God is a, is a, is a separate thing up Uh, in the sky where it's, it was us the whole time. It was our consciousness, but we put that mask on and fell asleep. 
and uh, yeah, yeah, the first that's what the aliens and I how they what, explained it. And what we I think we we just covered it very fast at the end of that previous episode, but. Even though I went my whole life never being taught Adam God theory because it was disavowed immediately. All of after. his shit was disavowed. Uh, well, uh, everything that he invented, yeah. blood, blood atonement, mm-hmm. and the like the, the very... ban on black people holding the priesthood uh-huh. and getting sealed, and Adam God theory were all of Brigham Young's contributions to the actual doctrine, and Is all that of them have typical been for. Prophets' no. contributions? No, especially someone like Brigham Young, who is so revered and like so, like he's the f- like. There's statues the, of him the all Mount, over the place. The Mount like, Rushmore yeah. of Mormonism is just him and Joseph, uh, and you know, I think like maybe Jesus, I don't, <laughs> David O. McKay. <laughs> <laughs> who gets? I don't know who gets the other spots, but like the schools is named after him. The state is all like, like, I mean, he's a big deal. And to think that all of his doctrine contributions were just pretty quick. I mean, like the black priesthood ban took a while, but like blood atonement and Adam God theory stopped immediately. I'm being, uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like they, they cleared it up right quick. And yet when you first told me that, that alien thing, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Mormonism. This is pretty close. Like those, those teachings still, even though we never talk about Adam God theory, like we mentioned in the last episode, in the in the temple video, we do talk about Michael uh, yeah. becoming Adam. That's it's a, the same idea right. of a celestial being coming down to this earth. We do talk about the knowledge of of good and evil, the knowledge of life and death. Yeah, we talk all about like what the fall really means and how it wasn't how, bad. How we talk about the fall was not bad. Yeah, that it was mm-hmm. not a mistake. That this was not a sin. That like there's a difference between. What's the name of the, the a transgression? Not we say there's a difference between a transgression and, and a, a sin. sin. Yeah. yeah. That is a transgression in the, in the literal sense that like there was a law that was in place that it was broken, but not a sin because it wasn't inherently bad. And it, it wasn't, wasn't inherently good. The plan, but it, yeah. yeah, that it was all that it was all part of this plan. Like, and so I've always felt that way about the fall. So when you told me this alien thing, I was like, yeah, that's a that's Mormon. Yeah, and so that's like I, I think it's possible that Brigham Young really did hear this from Joseph. That Joseph was formulating so. this idea and told him, and like honestly. The, the church is in the bind, which they're hardly in a bind about it, which is what frustrates me because people don't know or give a shit for the most part. But like, if you actually talk about it, there's a problem for the church because Brigham Young fought hard for Adam God theory. Did he? To the point where there was a guy in the 12 Apostles, I can't remember who it was now, Orson Hyde, possibly? Anyway. Scott Card. Yeah, anyway, uh, who refused to accept it straight up was like, I won't accept this. And he was going to get kicked out of the 12 apostles and excommunicated. Like Brigham Young was like, if you won't accept that Adam is God, you're going to get kicked out. And so he's like, okay, I'll accept it. I won't teach it, but I'll stop teaching against it. And so like Brigham Young was dying on this Adam God hill. And just not that long after they started to say like, oh, we don't really know what he means. By like the 60s or 50s, they were saying it was a false doctrine which we don't know where it came from, which is that's what they do. Like that's what the the church does to try to solve this problem is they pretend like they don't know the origin of these Mm -hmm. ideas. They're like in the early days, the idea that black people couldn't hold the priesthood just popped up or the idea that uh, you had to kill people who had committed certain sins in order to save them. We should talk about blood atonement too. Cause like Adam God theory is like, not inherently bad blood atonement is fucked up yeah blood atonement is fucked up and actually oh someone was talking about mountain meadows massacre we'll need to talk about we mountain do. meadows I, massacre I'm put because that in an episode, yeah. i have well, yeah maybe you've right done a deep to. dive on that but oh, uh okay. um the blood atonement's part of mountain meadows massacre thing but it uh, is well it's just like because the doctrine at the time was so violent and mm. they lots of people thought that the people who were cross anyway we'll get into mountain meadows massacre sure sure we're but going the, all over it the was place. violent i love so I, I, yeah. I love having you here but too. uh anyway we were talking about before the adam god theory mm-hmm. and how and and stuff and how the church says that so uh, that they won't admit couldn't that be wrong. they don't admit they won't straight up say that brigham young said these things yeah it's they'll like, be like these are journals. wrong ideas that uh, appeared out of nowhere we're in the early days we're, and it's all very passive and now we words. disavow it all because you can't just say god changed his mind about and this you one, can't right? say that brigham young was totally wrong because then 
what does that mean about what people are saying now? Like, right. how do we know that everything the prophet says isn't wrong? What do uh, your version of Mormons believe about the Mormons that stayed behind with Joseph's family? That's that's funny because, like, Emma stays behind. Yeah. And they say that uh, her son, Joseph's son, was supposed to be... The next prophet. The prophet. And the funny thing is, I don't think that Brigham Young has any better claim... No, no one does. Joseph never set up a line of succession. This is what we talked about last time. We said he talked about all these things, but he never talked about who was supposed to be prophet next. He didn't care. I don't think he wanted anyone to be prophet after him. And so then after he died, there was, you know, like a schism. It was like an election, practically. Yeah, people just, uh, whoever won, then got to rewrite history. And so Brigham won and got to write about how, like, this is blah, 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 how it happened. But they were viewed as apostates. People that went the wrong way. Emma is revered and honored now. But Brigham uh, hated her. Brigham did hate her. But just today, Mormons, we still talk about Emma like she's great. But no one ever talks about the other people that stayed that she stayed with. They, mm-hmm. they just wow. kind of cast her as like this long-suffering, wonderful wife who had a complicated relationship with a great man. Who, and who, who went she through all these even, hardships. Yeah. And like, you know, she just reached the end. She couldn't sacrifice anymore. She had lost the love of her life. We love to romanticize the story about them. We like that. that well, she's the stuff. only just inactive apostate who ever got the it's okay treatment yeah. by the rest of the church. They're just like, you know, she went through a lot and then the love of her life got murdered and she didn't have the heart to, to go west. And so we just kind of give her a pass. No one else ever gets a pass. Doesn't matter what you go through when you, if you like, if you stop coming to church on Sundays, you are a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> this is, that's just the, Emma's the only one. And you know, Emma, I mean, if we want to talk about polygamy, she did go through like, she went through some shit. Like I feel, I do feel really bad for Emma, and uh, like I think it's really strange. I do think it's strange that Brigham Young became the prophet, and Emma stayed behind with her son, who was also supposed to be the prophet. And like you said, really, just because we came west and built this big community that became the main heart of the biggest part of Mormonism all the other branches that we left behind along the way must have been wrong. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, because, yeah, because you're the bigger collection. Yeah. Of we them. get to rewrite history. We met somebody history. in what city were we in? The, and what's the name of the church that they were in? Well, that was when we were in Sacramento, I think. Yeah. And the, uh, she was an uh, RLDS. Yeah. Re- reformed, uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, which I don't restored, know. Uh, don't which know I thought been. RLDS became the community of Christ. They and did. that they is did. that is the one... I think that Emma and yeah. company, which there's some interesting things about that. Also, like the fact that the the RLDS church actually had the Joseph Smith. Tra- they have the copyright for the translation of the Bible by Joseph Smith. Mm. Like we, the, the LDS church doesn't have it. I'm really curious. I would love to look into that version of like, it's still alive. I would like to see what the, I'm, the well, they the atrophy of, of that belief system or entropy. Well, like, they they became they merged, more they, like got bought out by the this other existing church called the Church of Christ, and they and they like uh, they yeah, had to, and they had to give up the Book of Mormon to do it. Did so they give up the Book of Mormon? That's what I only. Well, you know what? I've only heard that from Mormon sources. Well, they're the community. In here's a what I do know. Way. They're the community of Christ. They still believe in Joseph Smith. They don't believe polygamy ever happened. Um, they reject that polygamy ever that Joseph ever did polygamy. They say Brigham invented that, and they allow women and gay people to have the priesthood. Tight. And they're a lot more like a um, non-denominational kind of yeah, because they don't have money, right? They don't have money. They don't have property. They don't have a business to protect. Right. You know. So I'm really curious. I'm sure they have something, just not anything on the scale. As yeah. Archer. Not. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'm Our curious church bought how much out magic. their land sites uh, systematically uh, th- over years. As they got poorer, they just kept like because they owned all of Kirtland and stuff at one point. Like they had yeah. all these these historical sites that our church wanted. Like we want the Kirtland Temple and all these things, and uh, they bought it systematically from them. And, mm-hmm. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, yeah. 
the weird stuff, man. But uh, to go back to polygamy and the stuff that uh, Emma suffered, you found a letter. You read a letter in a, one of these books so, you were reading. Well, there's this project called the Joseph Smith Papers Project, which is like collecting and digitizing every piece of paper that we that exists that Joseph Smith ever wrote. And the church, in I think in cooperation with the Community of Christ and a bunch of other Mormon organizations has been working on this for a long time. And the thing is, there's so many papers that like, I don't think very many people are really going through them all. And so, so this we don't is like pro Mormon. We don't really know what's all in there though. Like it's, it's supposed to like the church is doing it, but I think that they are trying, you know, they're going to try their best to put a positive spin on everything that's found. But someone directed me to this one letter from Joseph Smith to his 17-year-old wife, second wife, not Emma. I don't know which, what number she is, actually. I don't know how many wives he had at that time. But this letter is a letter to her and her parents being like, I'm so lonely out here. He lives in like a farmhouse outside of town, and he's saying, I'm so lonely. Um, Would you all please come visit me out here? Um, please do it when Emma's not around. Yeah, and, and you're like, wait a minute, I thought you said you were lonely. You mean your wife is <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, your wife is there. Your wife's there, so you're not all alone, but when you are all alone, that's when you're lonely and you would like us to come over. And he had just married their daughter like a month earlier, and in the letter he's like, I've been missing you, especially in light of what's recently happened. And he says something like, I have a little room to myself where everything can be attended to with perfect safety. And he tells like the, yeah the the I get the like what were you ta- calling it earlier their spirit I miss your spirit no you're no both. it's his booty call letter no. oh yeah the booty call letter <laughs> the booty call this is like we I like every every generation language changes a little bit uh, and things are different so maybe that is a literal translation of you up like maybe <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, I have a perfect room where everything can be attended to but it sounds creepy yeah, come and as give hell. me comfort come and give me comfort I have a room where everything can be attended to in safety and you're like and it's written to Ew. her father. <laughs> Yeah. And also and also her mom, right? And he yeah. wants them all to but come. But he says like send dad ahead uh, like an hour early so that uh if he gets here and Emma's here, he can just like be like I just wanted to come and talk about something and blah 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 and then he can turn around and leave and stop because Emma did not know. Joseph this is this is like Mormons do not use the same criteria for judging their own stories as they do to judge any else like mm-hmm. if you told a, a mormon that l ron hubbard did this yeah did yeah emma it's obvious he that he's a hack to other people emma he kept it a secret from her for a long time <gasps> how can you possibly justify that yeah. how can you po- well it didn't come with an instruction book. <laughs> he didn't want to do it it's like dude this is his wife we say that marriage is really important and that like the the we're supposed to be a team and and all this stuff. But Joseph Smith was literally cheating on Emma a lot for a long time and keep trying to keep it a secret from her and just lying to her about it. And the, the leaders of the church and Mormons in general say like he was justified in doing that. Yeah. I think that they're, you know, like Jessa said recently, you just live in a different reality where this is true and like Joseph is a prophet. And so when you live in that reality, I don't know, it just clicks for you. And you're like, oh yeah, that does it. Boy, like it sucks, but sucks, but she right. must've been so great if she was, you know, chosen to w- endure these hardships and he, the, you know, he must've been suffering so hard. So he must've been so strong to be able mm-hmm. to keep it. Yeah, a secret. Like I, I think everything that happens in my life, in my life is is happening to my benefit and so i can have a tragic event happen Mm -hmm. and within a few days of processing i will have accepted it and then been like she's very good oh yeah okay well this had to happen so i can have this boom it's fine so if you believe that this person is working for God or is God, you know, or whatever, yeah. then then you can make that diagram make sense and it's no big deal. It's like, well, she got to be married to the fucking That's prophet. true. A lot. We, all, a, we like all did it. Yeah. I was going to say the Joseph Smith Papers, 
makes me think that a lot of the most incriminating, awful, weird things I learned about Mormonism came from, you know, historians who truly believed in it. Like Bushman, who wrote Rough Bushman, Stone Rolling. Yeah, Michael Quinn. B.H. Roberts, like yeah. the, uh, the original guy. Uh-huh. He learned he learned all kinds of crazy stuff and wrote it down. Yeah. And they never bo- I don't think it bothered him. Well, I think there's that he people believed. who say that he th- they think B.H. Roberts lost his testimony in the Book of Mormon by the end mm. because he was saying like in journals and stuff like I don't archaeology and stuff doesn't square with this. I don't know how it's supposed to work. Mm. And like that's like the last things he said about it before he died. But you're right. It's people who go into it because they are like believers. Believers. So they they love it. They want to learn more about it and you learn things and I like I don't even think uh for a lot of people it even triggers any sort of problem. They look at it, and it's like they're looking at something different than me, like different words. Yeah. And they're just like, well, when I read Rough Stone Rolling, when I read Rough Stone Rolling, which talks about some of this stuff, I was like, you know, it strengthens my testimony because it makes me know that Joseph was a real person and not just a person out of a like yeah. a storybook. Like they, he was a real guy who lived a real life, and so things are more complicated. And that actually makes me believe it more. It feels more real at the yeah. time. That's what I said. But now I just think, why would I give, like, I don't see any good reason to give him such, so much of the benefit of the doubt uh, all the time. Like, because I wouldn't extend the same courtesy to leaders of any other church. Polygamy is weird because uh, the Mormon church has abandoned polygamy. So, like, I used to love polygamy garbage television like reality tv and when they explain polygamy and you watch how these families operate i'm like i could fucking get down with this Mm -hmm. like i think it causes you to grow as a person you have to learn how to like love differently and i love the idea of raising a ton of kids together with a bunch of moms and everything else and i the the one dude only more women thing rubs me the wrong way obviously but like a lot of it from active polygamists you don't even really have to do mental gymnastics for that because you're like oh that's a belief system Mm -hmm. that makes sense in a lot of ways but for the mormon church to have abandoned polygamy but then be justifying all of this just very obvious horny behavior (laughs) is is different i mean more you get like modern Mormons are different than like Christians were like the Christianity I was involved with was very as long as you were married like they were down with sex like we had entire sermons on fucking and <laughs> do you guys not have the Song of Solomon in your Bible? No, I mean we do, text. but <gasps> Joseph Smith said what? that it, Joseph Smith said that the Song of Solomon was not inspired by God. I see. I thought he would have been down with fucking and then no. it right? washed out later. It's weird that Joseph said that. Well, because where does polygamy come from, I guess? Like, that's the thing. That's the question the church can't answer. Like, why did Joseph do polygamy? There's no good answer. Um, sometimes there have been theories about, like, well, to create lots of Mormons, you Dude, know. That's, that's to wh- get power. Well, the thing that, the thing that I heard, that, but they made it sound like polygamy. This is why, I, from my parents, I learned this, was that, you know, so many Mormons had been killed and then died yeah. in the trek and right. then uh, we're building a new land and it just makes sense. The numbers make sense. But when then you find out that Joseph started it way before that and yeah. then a lot of the murders and persecutions came because of that. And like, that also there were most Mormons weren't polygamous, only like wealthy, high ranking Mormons were polygamous and like clearly it's pretty clear especially once Brigham takes over that like people get rewarded with wives yeah like he's like if you do a good job as bishop of this area down in this colony down in southern Utah you might even get a second wife and who knows if you become stake president might even give you three kind of thing you know and to think about ways that current Mormonism is still affected by that uh, how many times were you told, even just jokingly, that your wife's attractiveness was going to be proportionate to how hard you worked on your mission? Yeah. 
No, all the time. All like, the time. Not like a, all the time. I don't think people said it for real, but it was like it's very. I mean, they said it as a joking thing, but we joked about it because we really believed that. You really felt like that's your reward. I'm gonna. You're a horny nineteen. Well, you definitely boy, believe your life you will be better. And they tell you like you know like you have to leave your girlfriend behind. You have to lock your heart for two years. But the the Lord's gonna reward you for your service. We would make jokes to each other. And that about nothing is more important than the appearance of your wife. Not good character, <laughs> good personality, uh, good at being a wife. Just like we are is she nineteen. Not? Just uh, we're nineteen, <laughs> and we have never touched a boob, and we are just like knocking on doors in the rain. And you make a joke about like, uh, well, my wife's gonna be so hot if I knock another so door. Yeah. I didn't make any of these jokes, Jessica, because they're no. hack and unimaginative. No, I, would I never you do said that. that it was implied to you, so I just. Know well, it was we older talked men about it. There was also no, like, there's a lot of older men that are applying it constantly. Oh, could you see? Could you see my uh, me getting triggered? Fucking Christianity was full of this. Like a lot of messages about what you're supposed to look like. And yeah, a lot if you're of, a good wife. Um, a lot of like makeup stuff. I remember him talking about painting the barn or something like a you know a barn with the without paint on it or whatever. Just a lot. So you're the barn. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> what? Dude, what the hell? Do you ever know is is it a uniquely Mormon story, Johnny Lingo? Oh, uh, Johnny Lingo, do you know this? Yeah, no. it, is, it was made by the Mormon Church. It really it was invented Yeah, the movie by the, was made by the but church. The, the, I didn't know if that story came from Yeah, I somewhere. don't know if the legend is a real the legend. The legend of Johnny Lingo. It definitely seems very Mormon to like invent a Polynesian legend. <laughs> 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 and just be like this is a Polynesian legend invented by, you know. Mm, dude, okay. So Johnny Lingo is, it's, I guess it's really the story of Mahana. Mohana? Mahana? Not Mahana. Mohana. Anyway, there's this tradition or whatever in this village in this Polynesian island where to the dowry, right? That's not, yeah. that's not, you know, you're familiar, right? Yeah. Like to, you want to marry my daughter, what are you going to offer me? And this guy had this ugly daughter named Mahana or Mohana, I don't remember, but let's just call her I think Moana. It's Moana. Moana of Multinui. <laughs> and she's ugly and nobody is like offering anything to marry her. They're like, yeah, you can have this chicken, I guess. And then Johnny Lingo comes into town and Johnny Lingo is like hot and suave and cool and rich. And everyone's like, whoa, he's cool. Who is he going to marry? He's like her. And they're like her. And he's like, I'll give you eight cows for her. And everyone's like, her? and then she's like hot because now he thinks that she's so now she's an eight cow wife, which is just unheard of an eight cow wife. Yeah. And now she's the most beautiful woman on the island because he saw her true value and her true beauty. And he offered the right amount of cows. And now everyone agrees with him. Yeah. Well, it's you might so have noticed how wife. you might have noticed how easily the phrase eight cow wife rolled off of Aaron's <laughs> tongue. And that's because that is a phrase that comes from this movie. But we, like, you know people would be like she's an eight cow wife like as a joke but it means she's really hot and it's because of this this movie and it was supposed to you know that uh, deep down it's supposed to have a because the thing about mahana is that you never see her actually in the movie she's always like hidden beat like peering over a bush or something oh yeah and then after like the original the original like 70s version you can't really see her yeah you can't see her but then after he pays the eight cows like at the wedding she comes out and she's gorgeous her glasses off and she's all that now yeah (laughs) and so it like you know a lot of messages about you know how uh, all the of guys what needs v- to be beautiful is for a man to, to say so her as yeah beautiful. yeah um, fucking, wow heartwarming heart i think uh, that it's, you see someone was I trying though someone tried to make a positive message and just the the, the, the misogyny was, in, it was coming from inside the house the yeah. whole time and they're just making it worse you know they're they, they like what well, i about a positive message for girls yeah the mis- <laughs> And there's just this hideous beast behind bushes, like, (laughs) 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 and then they feed her cows, and she's like, beautiful now. (laughs) And then there's somebody being like, yeah, let's sign off on this. I want to make this movie for sure. Dude, bringing it back to the honor code and misogyny, if you ever read what Ernest Wilkinson said, uh, he's the the, the president of BYU who created, he talks about things, he's like, he says like, 
women on this campus are walking around in little short skirts and they ain't even got nothing to show. Like, yeah, that's how he uh-huh. talked about it when he was making the honor code. Like, it, this it, is the guy. It's all very like it's all like getting you to laugh at the uh, laugh at people that would break the honor code. And, yeah. And so, yeah, he like makes fun of their appearance. And he stuff. says they're like, they shouldn't be dressing that way anyway, because they're not. No one hot. wants to look at you. Like, yeah. It's just othering them from the get go. Um, I think we got to wrap up, but I say we do it like last time and take the rest of this to Patreon and we can talk about blood atonement. And while we get scary, we can talk about... Maybe we'll talk about missions. Yeah. Danny has some crazy ghost stories. He was telling me about a script that he's working on. I hope you don't mind. Oh, that's okay. A really cool idea. And it's kind of like a, like a scary script about missionaries. And the more I talk to Danny about it, the more I like found out like, you know, the based on the true story stuff was really, really fucking cool. And so I think we if you guys want to hop over to Patreon, you can hear all of Danny's great ghost stories and a little bit more about blood atonement. Anyway, thanks for being on, Danny. Good to be here. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Mormon and the meth head. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. So read our friends, listen to them talking to Mike. Stop and a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.